0: I thought you have to test
1: first. I said "Quite on the set, Victor.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Aggressive.
0: While we are gathering virtually today, we acknowledge that each of us is on the traditional territory of many nations across Turtle Island.
1: We record in Toronto, the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeck, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples.
3: Today, it is home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples.
2: We offer this acknowledgement as a stepping stone toward honoring the original occupants, a testimony to the oppression faced by Indigenous peoples, and our commitment to creating dialogues aimed at addressing such systemic injustice.
1: Let them remember, lest they forget, that the blood of the nations stains their hands with regret. Let the truth be their burden, let the forgotten be found. Let them shoulder their penance as it's dug from the ground. Let them know what they've done. So all may be clear by those who have come to those who were
4: here. Let it serve a reminder. Let their hearts be beset and let them remember. Lest they forget.
1: That fresh produce
2: stand there. That's a beauty. What do you listen to?
4: My favorite murder podcast.
1: Taggart and Doran's podcast. The produce stand.
0: Ah, fucking sexy
1: it's thirsty thursday and that means we are once again hanging out at the protestant podcast covering everything in the universe that was great I know what you're thinking. There are many other Letter Kenny podcasts out there, but this one is here to listen today. I'm Al, your host, and joining me in the room, as always, is the lovely Tanya. And online, we have Squirrely Matt and the very extreme Victor. And joining us tonight, she is a writer, an editor, a wannabe comedian, an ambassador for the strange, a strong and proud Mohawk woman who may be slightly obsessed with Mark Forward. Please join me in making some noise for Cassie. Wondrous. Oh, my God. Hey. Oh. Oh,
5: yeah. yes. wait, oh my God! Oh my wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait.
4: wait, 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 wait. Yes. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God!
1: Welcome back to the Protestant, Cassie.
4: <laughs> uh, Cassie, hello. my God! Oh my Cassie. my 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 Walk on Nyan Dun. I am Turtle Clan. Nyawe for having me. Thank you for having me today.
1: Very cool. Thank you for joining us, Uh, uh, Nyawe. Uh, We're just going to get started. I mean, you're not new to us, so we're going to get started right now. Here we go. Uh, Tonight's lineup is going to be Matt, Al, Victor, Tanya, and our guest Cassie is going to have the last word. Tanya needs a pen here, so uh, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) Matt, how have you been? Oh,
2: man. It's been a week it's been uh, a good week a good week yeah we had father's day on the weekend yeah that's correct are
1: right? you asking or are you t- are you making a statement
2: <laughs> yeah it was it's, it's been a long week um so happy late father's day to all the gentlemen out there who are fatherly figures to the children of the world uh it was a good time. We were up up in Collingwood. Had a great weekend.
1: You you, and you had like lobster and stuff. There. Oh, I yeah. saw that the wasn't, pictures. That was
2: Father's Day. That was a friend of ours' birthday. We did a full lobster feast. Well, seafood feast. We had lobster, crab, mussels, scallops, uh, shrimp, smoked fish that was caught that morning, and mm-hmm. uh, picanha <laughs> steak. <Let's>, oh, nice. <laughs> surf and surf, right? What's it was picanha? fantastic. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's a I think all in relatively cheap cut of meat, but it's it's delicious. A lot of <laughs> very popular in Brazilian uh, like you're know, like Brazilian steakhouses, you'll often find that. Um, it's amazing. It's just <laughs> basically a beef cap. Um but yeah, then the week has been fucking busy. Um Monday night we rolled out one of my big projects, which has been sitting forever at work and finally rolled it out. But I I had to join the technology team. In the rollout late at night, which I'm learning this, I didn't know. I, I don't. Does everyone know this? That technology works all through the night. I didn't know. This. True.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I true. I'm not aware of Especially this, if so, you're rolling a, a, something, an update to a system, you don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to release that when it's like peak uh, hours when people yeah. are hitting the website.
2: Well, exactly. And I mean, I kind of knew that, but mm-hmm. not to the degree. So I joined them and I'm like, this is my project. I'm going to I'm going to tough it out. And we got online around 11 o'clock at night and we finished at 4 a.m. So Ooh. that was a fun night, but we rolled <laughs> we rolled it out successfully. <laughs> uh, it's it's a customer impact um for callbacks in our system and i'm quite happy with how it's gone and is going so it's a big improvement to our customer experience so i'm very proud of this one amazing that it rolled out
6: congratulations and
2: then yeah and then the other thing i mean i had to i had to break up a dog fight this week that was oh. fun moose uh and and in all fairness moose is an angel
1: okay
2: he uh he but he's a big guy right yeah so he's a big guy he's a big guy you met him mm-hmm. you met him but he will never start it. And I'm and it really made me feel good after because all my other dog park friends and everyone immediately said, Oh yeah, Moose put M- Molly was the other dog's name. Moose put Molly in her place. Uh-huh. So they were doing a little scuffle over, or Moose had her ball, I guess, and then she tried to take it and got a little feisty. And Moose kind of he's like backed off for a minute and then finally he'd like had enough. And he's like, Fuck you, and just pounced on her and had her around the throat, pinned her to the ground. Ooh. And the, what upset me, Matt, is that he wouldn't, uh, he didn't back off. Like he wasn't like, th- there was no blood drawn or anything. Right. That, so he was more like just
1: asserting his dude, uh, dominance, asserting his
2: dominance. Yeah. Did he ever? I'm like, that wow. was the first time I've seen the cane Corso and him really come out. And everyone was like, Holy shit.
1: Wow. But, what, what was uh, the other uh, dog again? Did you mention what the other dog was? Uh,
2: I think it, I want to say it was like, a was that a chihuahua no 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 it's like a golden lab or something okay so not a Um, small dog but yeah not small but not i mean probably half his weight Mm. but this one hey again, she picked the fight yeah even the owner's like so sorry about that i'm like yeah it happens but your dog gets her ass kicked um so uh, that was that was fun it worked me up a little bit um just having to jump in there and pull him back you never like to see that and yeah uh, you know but at the end of the day, we went back again today, and Moose couldn't have given two fucks about this other dog. Okay. You know, the other dog still seemed like she wanted to get involved again, and that owner grabbed her, and they left the park. And I'm like, that sucks, but Moose yeah. just wants to play with his ball. So we, we uh, continued our week like nothing happened. And, uh, yeah, it was a, sc- a scary moment there when you, like animals are unpredictable at times, right? Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, my turn. Um, yeah, Father's Day. For, first of all, Trace's poem. Uh Trace and I'm I'm guessing Liz probably helped. I missed saying that one. Wow. I Amazing. Mean, yeah. you know, and and Cassie, I I hear that you you got to hear it before to, uh, today. So um, Yeah, it
4: was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Trace. Thank you so much. Once
1: again, like he, he keeps on they, they keep on knocking it out of the park. So mm-hmm. and we were pre- I don't even ask for it. Like we were waiting for a limerick and we got that beauty. So thank you, Trace. Beautiful. Uh yeah, Father's Day was, you know, this weekend. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, but I mean uh, we had a family barbecue as well at my parents' house to celebrate three birthdays. Cause my mom, my mom, my brother are on the same day and I'm the day after. So we, we just put it all together. And, well, and quick so, question
2: mm-hmm. on Did you guys have Portuguese
1: food? Of course. Yeah. We barbec- I, I like, barbecue. Weird question. Do you- well, at my parents' house is just called food, but go on. <laughs>
2: know, but you know what I mean though? Like, so here's, and I quickly say, so my a friend of mine who's Portuguese mm-hmm. and actually quick story. when now came to my house. <laughs> He didn't know the neighborhood he was in. And he, he sniffed the air and yes, said, I did. are there Portuguese around here? Yes. And I said, uh, quite a few. How do you know that? He's like, it smells
1: like sardines.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what
1: he said. And sardines were barbecued at my parents' house on Saturday, much to Tanya's chagrin. But it was on a separate grill, so she didn't have to worry but, about it.
2: But do you guys, do Do you Portuguese people ever eat anything else other than Portuguese? because a friend of mine just went out to dinner with his wife for the first time forever, and they're like, oh, we're going to this Portuguese restaurant. Yeah, I'm like, there's yeah. other food. I know.
1: <laughs> well, well, when my parents don't have Portuguese, they like Greek, and that's just because it's the closest thing to Portuguese. <laughs> like,
3: isn't yeah, that just next door? like That's not, that's not, that doesn't count.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, Sorry. it's funny. <laughs> uh, we, we've we got them to try other things, but they, 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 oh, like, man, we they took like what them, they like.
0: We took them to a Japanese um uh hibachi oh, yeah, uh, that was, restaurant <laughs> once. Oh <laughs> my God, it was hilarious watching your dad do the chops. Yeah. It was, but uh, they're they're good sports. And he couldn't what's understand. Fun, like, what's like, funny
3: is Greek people aren't any different. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure they yeah. are. They are one. They are a proud people.
0: <laughs> yeah, Portuguese are very much like that. And in fact, um, I know that there's a group um, that uh, Alan's parents go out with um, on uh, their to their Cuba trip, and they take a Portuguese chef. They, they take chef. their own
1: chef on when they go when they go to Cuba. They,
0: they do not that they're oh, that's, fancy that's, like that. Just that they go to a very they, cheap. Uh, uh, resort that lets them do that so um, and
1: then and then they know a guy so <laughs> they know a guy. they bring the guy with them yeah. um it's that's hilarious. a bit sus <laughs> victor
5: how was your week
3: oh man um yeah so same you know started off with father's day weekend which was nice and um um you know, nice to see the kids mm-hmm. uh, together and stuff like that. I, I, I think I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday. I spent the whole day with Linda in the beaches. Mm-hmm. Um oh, nice. Where it was just a beautiful day, and mm-hmm. we literally spent the whole day walked around for like ten kilometers around. The, I think it's called Wood Woodbine Park or whatever. It, you know, you, mm-hmm. you take the boardwalk all the way to the other side of the beach. It was just really nice. Yeah, you walk through these woodsy areas and whatnot. So. That was nice. Um, we watched the new show on, on, um, uh, prime, which is not really, you know, doesn't have a good track record for prime, you know, for their own original shows, you know, mm. the boys is good and a couple others, but so we gave it a shot. It's called jury duty. It's like this. Oh, I've heard about that
1: one. Okay. Yeah. So,
3: so, so, so I'm not going to give anything away cause I actually recommend it. Oh, okay. So you, it is, it, so, you know, it, they tell you right away at the beginning that the one that the whole thing is just a a farce Mm -hmm. where it's everyone's an actor except for one guy. One of the jurors thinks the whole thing is real. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: but literally, I figured it was a poly Shore spinoff. No,
1: no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No. If there's one movie so- that didn't need, doesn't need a sequel, it's any Polly Shore movie. Really
3: <laughs> accurate. Um, but but no, this was done so well, yeah. and and we we are we are in the middle of the final episode now, where they're doing kind of a reveal and whatnot. I totally recommend it. Okay, I, it's it's a complete. It's a it's a it's a fresh.
1: I forget. I don't know if it was on Smartless or on um, um, uh, Mark Maron, but I heard somebody talking about yeah. somebody who's on the show talking about yeah. jury duty and and, and, like, and there's
3: one. So one of the jurors yeah. is actually like a known actor. It's yeah. James Marsden. He right. Was, yes. Um, yeah. He was in lots of things. And, and so, and so he's, he, he's playing himself and, Mm -hmm. and the, the the guy who doesn't actually know what the hell's going on, he knows he's an actor. Sure. Um, so, but everybody else is, is just like a regular person, but everyone's an actor and my, there's this one guy whose name is Todd. Mm -hmm. He's like the, he is the, my hero. Like (laughs) that guy is, (laughs) he is just incredible. I'm not going to say anything more, but please go watch it. It's, 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 it's a fun ride. Okay. Um, Definitely, definitely worth a watch.
1: Yes, Tobias um, Encino Man was a, a good movie. I don't call. Settle, I don't think that. Down, I don't think that's down. a Poly Shore movie, though. I consider that a a Brennan Fraser movie. <laughs> it's a Poly Shore Jason movie. Tanya, yeah, yeah, yeah. how was your it's week? Not, not the same.
3: Anyway, so <laughs> oh. um, and then today was really great because uh, I went into the office um, because uh, one of our uh, I guess uh, vendors flew in from Vancouver and wanted to wine and dine us, and uh, so we went to the. Uh, john and son's oyster bar for lunch mm-hmm. which was nice um you and had to had oysters I, yeah i had scallops and yeah. and then I, and choice. then they wine di- dined us more after work um uh, at some place called the uh, dual citizen uh and uh yeah so i had four caesars and a bunch of snackies and appies and whatnot
1: <laughs> do so. you need snackies. to yeah, so-
0: do you get do you do you get a discount if you are a dual citizen discount. or are you only only uh, dual citizens allowed you, in the Trust
1: contract? me, if, if there's a discount to be had, Victor will find <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, the discount was everything was free. So uh-huh.
3: because I we were being wind and dined. But ah. uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a worth uh, trip downtown today.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, 10.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, the week is a whirlwind, as you mentioned, your birthday, father's day, uh, back to back barbecues. Um, it's, it's just been busy, busy, busy. And then on top of all of that, um, I am doing, um, Five times the job I usually do because our son <laughs> is a sixteen-year-old oh, boy man. that doesn't have momentum to get his work done on his own, Jesus. and it's exhausting me. I can't
2: relate to that at oh, all.
0: Oh my god! Like just like it's not. It doesn't get easier, Matt. Just letting you know. It's mm-hmm. just
1: and not and it's good. not. And it's not going to get easier. I can vouch <laughs> for that. Oh,
0: I am. I what, am we're, exhausted. i are
1: almost at the point where we're looking into you know drug intervention. I've. Uh, I've
0: I've yeah. told my child that he is going to have to pay for me to go to the and have a spa day because I think I deserve it. <laughs> I am just, exhausted.
3: Just wait till he's 19.
0: Yeah. I, I I'm so tired of hearing my own voice, so I can only imagine how tired he is of hearing my voice. It's hard to stay patient, but you know what? I had some positive days. Um, so I'm gonna hold on to those with all my might. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been busy and it's only going to continue to stay busy. Cause, uh, this is it. Like I think from here on out, summer is just back to back weekends of uh doing stuff which is is not a bad thing cuz god knows we hadn't done stuff for a while so i'm not going to complain but uh uh yeah it's going to be it's going to be a whirlwind I'm from here looking, on out i think
1: i'm looking forward to not having to get up at 6:30 in the morning it's to true. wake to wake the boy up so he can, doesn't miss his bus
0: and i wanted to say Cassie your Aww. earrings are phenomenal and, you, and so is you. your necklace I love them so much and thank you so much I've been wearing the bracelet I, I received it thank you so much Aww, I'm it so glad. is so wonderful and and I thank you so much for uh p- putting it through the channels and I have received it and thank you it's it's so beautiful
1: I'm glad you like it yes and Cassie for first of all you look lovely Thank
0: thank you so
4: much.
1: uh, Our guest of honor here. Thank you for joining us. How's your week been?
4: Um, My week has been, I think uh, I can agree with everybody when I say my week has been busy. Mm -hmm. Everything's just molding into each other from like the last few weeks. Um, I've been just in a rush trying to. Uh, help out at work. Uh, I was consulting with our chef, uh, well, our chefs, Andy and Roxanne for making a indigenous themed uh, lunch for yesterday for indigenous people's day. Oh,
1: did they make bannock?
4: Uh, No, they didn't, but uh, we had three sister soup and then um, Roxanne made this really awesome bread that was like onion and cheese. It Mm -hmm. was, it was really, really nice. We're so thankful for them Wow! and for them, you know, wanting to support the indigenous people who work at it.
1: It really sounds like you work for a really great company, by the way. Holy crap. Uh, um, Yeah. You better keep that a secret or else (laughs) people are going to want to take your job.
4: Well, I mean... I like my job. I know that it can be really, you know, busy and crazy sometimes.
1: Um, It sounds like you have some great perks, though.
4: Oh, yeah. And, like, what was it? Wednesday or maybe Tuesday. So, Wednesday, we had an ice cream truck
1: come Mm -hmm. for the first
4: day of summer. This is why I'm
1: talking about that. Yeah, because I see all the perks you get. Uh, And
4: the day before that, I got paid to basically take part in filming a TikTok for our department. (laughs) Wow. I felt old. <laughs> I felt <so> old, <laughs> um, but yeah. Other than that, uh, I've just been marathoning through a new show that I picked up. Um, it's called volleys. It's done by Canadian Content Studios and can be found on Five TV.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, definitely, it's a fantastic, very short sitcom. Like each episode's between nine to eleven minutes. Is that oh, the one wow. with Jonathan Torrens? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: I've Um, I've heard of it, but I haven't... uh, I didn't know it was one of those five shorts, though, so I'm going to have to see if I can get it. I don't know if I can access it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's worth checking out. Um, I really enjoy it, and I think you could probably marathon everything in about three Mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and I haven't seen it, but I remember you saying that, and as soon as you said the title of the show, I made an assumption on what I thought it was about, and I was very glad when I found out I was right. So (laughs) I still haven't watched it, but knowing that it's about volunteer firefighters and a sitcom around that oh it's not it's not about volleyball
4: no (laughs) No, it's not. volunteer firefighters down east and like truro Mm -hmm.
2: yeah so what i knew was i knew torrens was involved and i heard volleys i'm like it's got to be volunteer firefighters Ah. yeah (laughs) there's a whole weird culture around that around volleys
4: (laughs) oh yes and they just wrapped on season three like a couple weeks ago so looking forward to that that's amazing
1: very cool. Uh, so, I mean, before we get started, we should probably, uh, you know, hear from our sponsor. I'm going to play this one from uh, International Egg Hall in case people missed that one because it was a lot of fun. Here's our buddy, uh, Melbourne Jack.
7: <laughs> G'day, it's Melbourne Jack. If you know anything about Melbourne, no known for two things, world-class sport and coffee. We love the stuff. Live and breathe it. So if you turn around and serve me a lacklustre latte, that thing will be gone because I'm not here to fuck spiders. But diabolical coffee, that's worth a squiz for devilishly good coffee and diabolically grouse swag. There's a roast for all Melburnians, no matter how you bloody well take it. They've got the lot, whole bean, coarse, standard grind. They've even got those bloody little pods. So if you're a swagman waiting for your billy to boil or just a punter, They've got you sorted. So go take a sticky beak at Diabolical Coffee and make sure to use the discount code Stand for 20% off the lot so you can keep those pineapples in your skyrocket. Ta Eric, you ripper bloke, and cheers to Diabolical Coffee for your support. <laughs>
1: fucking brilliant man (laughs) thank you diabolical (laughs) coffee eric and jack uh for that uh, that great diabolical coffee and and
2: actually really quickly before you continue i I, because i know i'm going to forget because i'm terrible this i'm actually joining jack and the greendale human podcasters uh this Saturday morning to do Ooh. an episode with them on community, so I'm looking very forward to that.
1: Fun. Yes. I, I owe Jack a response. I I'm I wonder if they've run out of episodes for me. I haven't gotten uh, back to them. I feel I like a know. bad. friend But in
2: this time, I, I'm shifting my so I'm joining them at like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. My time.
0: Have you yeah. shared uh, uh, with Eric his new diabolical um, Australian ad? No, I haven't. I'll have to send <laughs> it
1: to him so he can so hear. <laughs> And speaking of support, welcome to not so new to Twitter followers. Uh, first we have this, uh, hold hold on. Where's my, oh, here we go. Uh, this old AUDHD, uh, biatch from Arizona, the tank from the USA, uh, Zob Rombie from Arkansas, hockey law dog from Massachusetts, uh, Brandon J L Smith. Country boy thirty one Jordan Campbell from Paul Idaho. There's a Paul Idaho. Uh, Carl Osado from Winnipeg. Michael Schmidt from Hendersonville, North Carolina. Old guy cliches from Massachusetts. Jerome Williams cocaine <laughs> tacos from uh, London, Ontario. Jeff Morris. Uh, Greg Miller from R- Ray- Rayford, North Carolina. Rick from Somerville, South Carolina. The Sith List from a uh, podcast from a galaxy far, far away. Jay Devermore or J.D. Evermore, Uh, Joshua Michael, Zonos, Aaron Lovitz from Tallahassee, Alex Spinks, Mike Moose from Seaham, Norris from Oshawa, Aaron Kweeper, I don't know, Uh, Chris Marle, Shaggy of CBW Radio uh, Ohio, (laughs) Troy Singleton, Chantel Gravel from Sudbury, YZ Ryder 1569 from Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, Adam Probably YZ since he's in Pennsylvania. Uh Adam, Mike Kelman, Noah Boyd, Scott Davidson from Manchester, Sixes from Fire Nation, D Howell, M M Tiffany, Joe Louis, uh Novarola, uh, Alex Melendrez, uh Ray McCurdy from Texas, Kevin L. Anderson, B.A. Downey uh, South, from South Carolina, Dan from Detroit, Harvey Velasquez from uh, Florida, Matt Smith from New York, Brent Brett Sullivan, Smirk from Toronto, Pariah Carey from Toronto, and Rusty Robert. <laughs> Thank you for following and hopefully for like listening.
4: <laughs> good.
1: Previously That's- on Letter Kenny. I'm Last so week.
4: sorry that Pariah <laughs> Perry can't be my like roller derby
1: name now. Like. <laughs> well, I mean, why not? Maybe you can borrow it. Last week we had our first international agall social, and it was a solid turnout with our friends from across the pond. This week we celebrate National Indigenous Peoples Day with our friend Cassie. So let's get going here. Well, don't bore us, get to the chorus. Cassie, let's talk about na- it Internet or no it's National Um Indigenous People's Day. In Canada. That was yesterday. Yes. So we're a day late, but uh, you know, never too late to celebrate this. Uh you know, you came to me a few weeks ago now and said you'd really like to do something special for this day. Uh and I, I thought it was a great idea because I mean if if anything, the universe represents the indigenous properly. So oh yes. So let's talk about this. Uh I mean, you know, take us through what uh what you had what you did here.
4: Um, Well, before I get into it and started, I do want to just put a little lighthearted disclaimer um, just for our listeners uh, who may not know me as well as the community does here. Um, I'm a member of the Mohawk Nation of the Bay of Quinte, so the reservation of uh, Tandanaiga. I'm working on getting my Indian uh, status and reconnecting. I am eligible um, to do so. My father, um, he found out that he was Indigenous back when I was a young child um, and was not taught tradition, language, or even that he was Indigenous until much later. Mm. Um, his parents did so to try to protect him, my aunt, and my uncle from the threat of residential schools, um, something that would have happened uh, to them had they um, identified as Indigenous at. The time of their childhood.
5: Right.
4: So I'm sort of a generational effect of that. Um, and my reconnection is a generational effect of that. I grew up off uh, res and without much connection to my heritage. Um, so, like I said, I'm working on reconnecting and I'm learning my language, um, the Mohawk language, and the traditions. Um, so, I just want to make it very, you know. Just clear that um, I do not claim to speak for all Indigenous people, um, as we're not a, a monolith. We're all very different and unique, even mm-hmm. though we do share certain things. Um, but I'm happy to share my perspective and use it to reflect on Letterkenny and Shorsey, Kiso and Horn's work, and just to help have a discussion uh, that's certainly worth having, because... Um, You know, we have our Indigenous characters, we have our Indigenous actors and the people who watch. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to just understand and know that we are still here and we are still a vibrant and live people.
1: Well put. And I mean, absolutely, yeah. I couldn't have said it better. And I mean, of of anyone in our group, though, you would be the most uh, qualified to to talk about this. So we're glad that you're doing this. Thank you. And and really, I mean, you put some work into this, uh, so I appreciate uh, the work. I've seen the work behind the scenes that you put into it, so I I really appreciate it. So, what are we? uh, What are we going to listen to today?
4: So today we're going to listen to um, some of, I think the best uh, quotes that have been taken from interviews you guys have done with some of our um, I guess universe uh, (laughs) family and cohorts the indigenous actors and actresses uh, Keelani, Dylan Cook like just Mm -hmm. everybody uh, that you guys spoke to um, and allowing their words to illustrate why it's so important why representation is so important and it matters so much especially now with everything that's been going on, uh, sociopolitically.
1: Well put. Awesome. Okay. So, I mean, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to play it and then we'll talk about it or do you want to set set up each clip? How would you like uh, me to, to proceed? Let's
4: let's play them and then we'll kind of discuss them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm happy to take any questions you guys have. If there's anything,
1: I've got some questions. Yeah.
4: Oh, perfect. Yeah. We've got some questions from the,
1: from the, uh, the discord, uh, community so uh well, okay we'll start with the first one and then and then we'll talk about it our first the first yeah. one i won't say who it is we'll, we'll talk about it after here we go
6: dude they
8: did it so well like i said they, it's not some big thing like it's not they're like all oh, these people were like there was a big genocide. And now they're assimilated, colonized, you
9: know, they don't say that shit. Yeah. They say like, Oh, Hey, they're still here walking the same streets we do, yeah. you know, waving at the same people I do. And that's, yeah. that's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's and no, it shouldn't there, be any big deal. Did that
1: right. Yeah. It should be no ah, big deal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So that's uh, Harlan um, yes. from, from yes. our interview with him and he's talking about normalizing indigenous people and in entertainment Um so, yeah, I mean, he makes, you know, he talks about how the shows, they don't treat the indigenous any differently than any of the other characters, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and so what, what why did you pick this clip?
4: So I picked this clip, uh, I mean, you summed it up so well, Al. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'll hear this as kind of a byline through all the clips is that um The way that Jared Kiso writes Indigenous people and the way that uh, Ganyteo Horn uh, does her consulting and just everything having to do with the universe, um, it really takes this idea of Indigenous people and modernizes it. Like, we're the people in your grocery store, we're the people driving down the street. Um, a lot of people, when they think of Indigenous people and Indigenous entertainment, even, they think of us in Mm buckskins and like, here I am sitting in, you know, my Indigenous (laughs) jewelry. And I'm like, oh, but, you know, we don't have to look Indigenous. I didn't park my buffalo around back. We don't have to be (laughs) crawling out of a canoe to be considered Indigenous. Um, It's so important because it's so easy to be othered. It's so easy to be considered this old mythical wise, like, Mm, the wind talks to me sort of indigenous when you know we're hip-hop stars we're actors we are just as modern as everybody else and i think when we modernize ourselves we humanize ourselves and when we humanize ourselves in entertainment it means that non-indigenous people are able to laugh with us and in turn learn with
1: us yeah very well put uh during my um you know, work, work podcasts. Yes, we were open. I got, had the pleasure of going up to Perry sound and, and I, I interviewed, uh, you know, some people at the, um, uh, Perry sound friendship center, which is an indigenous community center up in Perry sound and Perry sound is, is a small Ontario city next to, uh, I forget the, the name of the reserve, but, but there's a, a, a Indian uh, reservation there. Uh, and there's, there's a large indigenous population in that area. Uh, and, I love what they're doing because, and 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 I had this great conversation with her, uh, you know, for the podcast. But but aside from it, we talked about you know, and, and I didn't want to, I wasn't trying to equate it, but I was trying to like, there's there's some parallels there. Like uh, when I grew up in in the small town where I was, there's was a lot of Portuguese and, and and Italian immigrants, and there was a lot of separation there in terms of the people who lived there and the and then the new immigrants who came into town. And it took the Portuguese community to open up their community center to the rest of the town to, to let people in, not, not be separate, separated and to share our food and our customs and our music with them before it felt like they were we were accepted into by the, the, the people in town. And what I saw the parallel I saw there in Perry Sound was they were doing the same thing with the community center where they're like, yes, everyone's they were we have, you know, uh, the drumming. So the drum circle. So. Anyone is welcome to come. It's not just for indigenous. If you want to bring your families, come and check this out. They have all these other events. And again, it's like opening it up to everybody because I feel like, you know, well, I don't feel like it's it's true. If people don't know, they're afraid. They're afraid of what they don't know. And by bringing, by allowing people to come in, I think you, you gain that acceptance, right? That you, you normalize things and you, you humanize people, Right. Uh, which I think is the best way to put it is uh, anytime there's like bad bigotry, racism, that's, it's attempts at dehumanizing people. So you have to put, you know, human faces on, on people. Right.
4: Absolutely. A hundred percent.
1: So
2: I have a question. I mean, this one's going to be a little, I don't know how to put it, but anyways, it's, it's a simple question, reality, but I want your opinion on it. Um, So as an example, you know, I I love hats. I love things like that. If I were to go out, and and tell me this sounds ignorant, and I bought a hat with Indigenous symbols, or garb all over it, and wore it out in public, how is that perceived, right? Like, is that perceived as, like, oh, they're celebrating, or take that off, or, you know, like... Like in general, like like I know myself, like I never had a negative feeling about any other culture, but there's definitely times, even not even just indigenous in, in other cultures in general, I want to do that. But I'm like, am I crossing a line and how is it perceived a, a, in general? Like things like that. Oh. Um.
5: <laughs>
1: Maybe we'll take a break for a second because yeah, we, we had that someone awesome. join us. Oh, we have somebody joining us. Who's joining us?
5: Oh my goodness! Hey, hey. <laughs>
1: what's good? Hey, Lonnie, <laughs> what's up?
10: Oh my god! Oh my it's gosh. a good day to be. It's a good day to be here. How are you guys?
1: Great. <laughs> right. Zoom will just let anybody in. What's going on here? I thought yeah, we had this heard thing secure.
10: Holy! Hi, Kilani. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's a sunny day here. Just got out of class meeting. You look amazing, by the way. Oh, I love you. I love what you're wearing. Your jewelry is divine.
4: Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm starstruck. Yes. <laughs>
5: Take a moment, Cass. We,
1: we, were, we were hoping that Cass you, you just... might be surprised by, by this visit.
4: very much so
10: Cass I just wanted to say happy Indigenous Peoples Day
4: oh happy Indigenous Peoples Day to you too um were you able to celebrate I was
10: I was I had a nice sunset moment at the beach with my best friend (laughs) and uh, I had a little moment for summer solstice too at the same time I love how it coincides
5: Mm -hmm.
10: it's it's really yeah. yeah how was your day it was
4: really really cool um I don't know if you were able to hear that part of the podcast, but um, I worked with some of the people at my work, our corporate chefs, to make like a lunch and everything with three sisters soup, and it was it was beautiful. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, I know that Al had uh, read one of my questions when you were on the podcast, and um, I'm probably repeating myself. I'm so sorry, but I don't just want... Even. I just want to say thank you so much for everything you you do for the Indigenous people that you represent and for women in general. And just thank you. Your your episode was amazing and it gave me chills and it made me so happy and so proud.
10: Mahalo. Mahalo do you for saying that. I, I feel it and resonating in that with you. And also, likewise, back to you, like I see you sitting standing so tall and so beautifully in your representation and I'm yeah holding my hands up to you girl
4: well as we would say in Mohawk niawe, niawe goa. thank you <laughs> yeah. it's from my heart Ah, oh,
10: beautiful <laughs> thanks for sharing that thank, thank you, you.
1: Kaylani it was awesome of you to, to to pop in uh for this uh surprise visit thank you so much thank you
10: of course, yeah. Any chance to say hi to you I'll Miss you guys already.
1: Oh really? Right. well Okay. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll have you back next week if you want. Where are you right now? <laughs> yeah, buddy? where are you?
10: Um, I'm in Holly. I'm in Los Angeles.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, you wow. <are. laughs>
10: First time back actually since yeah. the whole thing, so it's yeah. good to be here. Yeah, it does it? Okay, it good, good. 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 Yeah, good. sending you love. Yes, across the way.
1: We appreciate it.
10: Was it. So nice to speak to you, Kilani. <laughs> you too. Well, I'll let you guys get back to it. I didn't want to interrupt too much and. and <laughs> throw off the flow but yeah it's oh, so good to touch
2: totally welcome thanks so much for joining us
10: much love <laughs> thank you Yowai. so much see you, la- <laughs> see you later Cass.
4: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> I take a moment, Cassie. <laughs> yeah.
4: You know that episode uh, where um, Tannis is getting everybody mic'd out? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, that was a, a bit of Matt's idea, but I reached out to to Cassie to see if she she was able to join us. She's and, Cassie. Uh, Ke- yeah. I'm
5: a little starstruck. Sorry. Today. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's amazing that she was able to do it, and you could tell that she was kind of on the on the road. So <laughs> I appreciate that she was able to join us.
0: We we oh. really wanted to surprise you, so yes. my act. our apologies for the ambush, but it was meant as uh, as love, truly.
4: Well, Matt was asking like an amazing question. And then I just see this other thing come up and I'm like, (laughs) Oh no. oh
2: no! Yeah, I'm like okay. Here comes the timing, perfect. Let's put together. No, but am- I'm so happy she was able to join. Yeah. you
1: might have that noticed that I was nice. being a little, you know, rushy at the beginning, going through all like the the intros and and the because I didn't want her to show up in the middle of I don't know the diabolical coffee read or something, right? Uh, but once we got clear all of that, I was worried that maybe she'd forgotten. So I was like emailing her. uh, Zoom's open. So anyway, uh, I'm glad we were able to make make that happen for you. Anyway let's get back to i mean matt did you want to re-ask your question or, or do we yeah, want to matt
3: matt was saying is it okay to wear sombrero in public sombrero
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sure,
2: but, but you, you, you understand the question though right and and, I, and i'll even take it a, a little step further to because i want your opinion on the whole topic so even at one point and again i i'm learning myself about everything at one point I, when i started looking at tattoos and thing there was a a tattoo of Coca cocapelli which is a okay, spirit yeah. in the hope. I think it's Hopi um, celebrates that God or spirit or whatever. Um, and there's a few different meanings behind Co- Coca Belly, but I loved the look and feel of it and some of the things that, that it represented. But I'm like, that just feels way off base to me. I know people do it, but what is the general, I mean, in your opinion, uh, perception on things like that?
4: Ooh, that's a really good question. And I'm I'm glad you asked because I do find people do ask that quite a bit. Yeah. My personal um, opinion on it, and I guess the consensus I've seen, there's always going to be people who gatekeep cultures, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Of course. But from what I see, and I'm sure we've, we're we in this age where we talk cultural appropriation versus, versus appreciation a lot. Mm-hmm. If you are going out and you are buying your, your jewelry, your hats, even if you're getting a tattoo done by some, an Indigenous artist, That is appreciation, and it's super important because it also, for the most part, brings money back into communities that may (laughs) not have that money in that flow.
2: Okay, so
4: it's actually something that I personally really, um, I encourage um, any friends that I have who are interested in indigenous jewelry artwork anything like that when i'm at powwows and stuff or if i'm on the res i do tend to to buy them things yeah and honestly it's so welcome you need to get yourself one of those hats that the brims beaded that would be so deadly
2: oh well i was i was looking at stuff online and i was specifically looking for um creators. Right? I didn't want like I don't want to go to the Walmart that has an indigenous symbol on. It. I'm like yeah. that just feels stupid to me and I think yeah. that's what you're trying to say too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just wearing it for the sake of wearing it or whatever but if you're supporting the community mm-hmm. and the members of it and and going to the source it's a different story.
4: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, okay. yes. Though I will say um Walmart, believe it or not for the global conglomeration they are, they put out a um uh, some shirts and stuff for Indigenous Peoples Day last year um, yeah. that were actually designed by um, an artist from my reservation, from Tiahuanaco. His name is Corey Parkin, and that's actually how I found his art. And if you check him out, he uh, does these designs for different, uh, like sports teams and stuff like that. So some good has come from that, and the mm-hmm. money went to the I think the Truth and Reconciliation Fund. Okay. Beautiful. So there, it. It's all Wait, about just. Are being you saying smart.
2: Walmart did something good?
4: One thing. Okay. I'll say two because once they hired me.
1: Oh. Okay. Amazing. Uh, that kind of covers off uh, one of the questions we did receive from our listeners, from uh, Aaron, our friend Aaron. Uh, what is the most meaningful way that non-Indigenous people can be an active ally for the Indigenous community? So, I mean, that's one of them, right? You know, support uh, Indigenous creators uh, of all kinds, not just of clothing and jewelry, but even of the arts. So, I mean, we we, we watch their TV shows and their movies and listen to their stories, right?
4: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Doing exactly what this podcast is doing today and elevating our voices, um, especially in times where it's, it's hard. You know, we've dealt in the past few years, there's been a lot of news about residential schools. Mm Um, there's been just so much. And anytime that an ally is able to amplify our voices, you're, you're doing a world of good. Basically, it's the same that you do with somebody who's of color or from the LGBTQ two-spirit community, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, elevating our voices and giving us a safe space to speak our truth is so huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's a, let's listen to the next uh, clip you have here. Um, um, This one was a fun one how much do they consult you and, um, and kind of to you and, uh, and Brad, yeah, like a ton, mm-hmm.
6: uh, you know, anything that kind of touches on what like native issues or how we would want to say things mm-hmm. or pretty much anything, they come right, you know, kind of right up to us. And like most of the time, the ask us all or the, the last deal, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have absolutely no problem with, with sharing that too. And just, Using that whole, yeah, that whole
1: issue. The show seems to get a lot of praise for getting those things right. And now, uh, they they have Teal uh, consulting on the new Shoresy show. So if yeah, you, so I guess uh, they're, they're listening, and so they're, that's why they're doing it right because they've got those diverse opinions and the, those diverse views on on the, the cast, and they're actually listening to them, right? Yeah,
6: that means a lot, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it really does just make things a, a lot funnier and like, just like stick to the heart of, you know, what, what's good and good spirited. I would, I would say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, 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 I think it's kind of really like great because they're, they're just awesome guys, you know, like, especially when it comes to language and shit, like mm-hmm. Dio's Mohawk, mean and Brad are Ojibwe. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they make sure that they let us kind of do our thing. And, uh, you know, our lines are actually Ojibwe and, mm-hmm. you know, Dio's lines are, are Mohawk. So yeah. I thought that's a That was a really, special thing with the like Skoden thing like they wanted to make sure that what we were saying or things that actually come from our community things yeah. slangs that we actually use okay. and you know that that was something that was like collectively all three of our communities to like say it's a common phrase yeah. so like that was you know, scotin students you know what i mean mm-hmm. i had thought that was really cool that they did that as well, you know. There and just a lot. It's a lot of it's little things, but a lot of those little things really fucking
5: mm-hmm.
6: add up sure. and mean. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, like like stuff like that, and they kind of just let us be creative mm-hmm. with that, and you know what I mean. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. like you have to say this or this. They say, well, what do you guys think of this? You what? Yeah. What's your version of this? And we kind of just. Go from there, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They give us that freedom, which is the absolute best. Yeah. tool you can get is as, as mm-hmm. an actor, yeah. right? Because then you just kind of come, you just come up with shit like that. Yeah. Like, so they
2: kind of give you the framework and then say, now make it you. Is that yeah? That?
6: Yeah, exactly. And then we, we all kind of consult, and we, you know, you know, we bring it back to Jared and Jacob, right? And mm-hmm. uh, we just go from there.
1: So that was uh, Dylan Cook. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, he was, yeah, one of the earlier interviews we did with an indigenous cast, I think maybe the first uh indigenous cast member,
2: I believe he was, yeah,
4: <laughs> that sounds about right, yeah. And I just want to give a shout out to Victor for bringing in the word of the hour, authenticity
1: mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> it was a little buried, but but yeah, he did he did say the word,
4: <laughs> and that's what we're here to celebrate today, and that's what's so important. I mean, honestly, the interview. Covered that, so I don't know, you know, more that I can add to that. Other than I'm so thankful that Jared Kiso um, is so open to suggestions, and not just being like, "Hey, you're going to do it this way." Mm-hmm. He actually says, "What would your community say? How would you say this?" Mm-hmm. Um, I can vouch, and I'm sure this doesn't surprise anybody. Skoden, Studis, Guandan—those are all very authentic things that are said mm-hmm. between a lot of communities.
1: It's interesting that yeah, it's b- between different uh, like tribes too, like Mohawk uh, and um, who, which one was um, Ojibwe? K- uh, Oh, Ojibwe. Yeah, so yeah. It's the same words, but uh, from across tribes.
4: Oh yeah, absolutely, and even in the languages, uh, the vast majority of the language might be different, but then there'll be certain ways that we say things um, that are the same. It's it's kind of funny, and I think. There's a big overlap there. I live near uh, the Six Nations uh, Native Reserve. And uh, so that's a bunch of different uh, nations coming together. So Mm -hmm. just like English is a living language and takes from different languages, um, the language that they speak there uh, is sometimes a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. You might greet somebody in Cree or Ojibwe, and then you thank them and say goodbye in Mohawk. It's it's really beautiful.
1: That's interesting. So like I said I was uh, up in Perry Sound the reserve up there I believe is a one nation it's a a specific uh I forget which which uh nation it is. When it's a six nations reserve though you say that, like multiple tribes are in the same how do they share like how do they get along? Do they get along? I hope they get along.
4: <laughs> yes, um there's a confederacy mm-hmm. uh that goes way back. Um Again, I'm near the Grand River, um, so these nations came together in a confederacy. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, you don't – I haven't at least seen any sort of um, rivalry or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very much they've come together as one people under the six nations.
1: Right. But even yeah. would there be friendly rivalries, like maybe like softball teams or something, where they, <laughs> they might uh, uh, stick to their own uh, tribes?
4: Um. That I'm not hundred oh, percent sure if I'll be yeah. completely honest. Um, I don't know, you know, if, you know, the one lacrosse team and mm-hmm. the other lacrosse team are chirping each other because of their nations. Right. Right. Um,
1: yeah. But. I guess lacrosse would be a better sport <laughs> to pick than softball. I don't know why I said softball.
4: Softball's big there. Basketball's oh, okay. big there. <laughs> Hockey's big there.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's uh, listen to the next clip here. Uh, All right. This one's from, uh, great. We just heard from this person.
8: We have a wonderful Uh, crew that does an amazing job of making sure we can can take every opportunity to to have that representation um ginger's the head of our wardrobe department and so she's always finding the most Mm -hmm. wonderful pieces from the most wonderful local artists or indigenous artists from around and very inclusive if we have uh, things that we want to bring from our own closets or um, connections that we want to make there. So off the top of my head, I could name a few uh, indigenous owned brands and give them some love. So if ever, if anyone's interested out there,
5: mm-hmm.
8: we've got some uh, Monday May jewelry action. She does incredible beaded earrings. Section 35 is my guy, Justin, mm-hmm. uh, a clothing line that was actually just in the Met museum oh, wow. and um, passage beating. We have, oh my gosh, I need to like look this up right now real quick while we're here.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> while, while you're looking at it up, if, if our other uh, co-host Victor were here, he would ask you about the turtle. And, and want to know what the significance is of the turtle. So do you have, Yeah, a, he made sure to, to add that to the <laughs> roster of questions.
8: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Mm. So that was a beaded ring. That's kind of meek's signature ring. Okay. And I was so stoked when Ginger showed me that piece because there, it's, I'm sure all of you who, who watch the show have, have seen it uh, make an appearance, but it's this, it's like this beautiful, large beaded ring that's got a turtle on it. Mm-hmm. And the significance of the turtle in indigenous culture is Uh, It's huge. It is a representation of turtle Island, which I'm not sure if you folks or anyone out there has heard um, that that's kind of the original name of, of this continent.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
8: It relates to a story, a creation story of this, of this earth and how it came to be here. Um, So it's got, you can look it up uh, turtle Island, the creation story, I believe it's an Anishinaabe story Mm -hmm. of how, Sky woman falls from the sky and it's at a time when the earth is just water. And so, um, they are falling, falling, falling. And then I think there's like four, I'm going to, hopefully I'm going to get the story right, but there's four animals. There's a muskrat, uh, a turtle. There's two more that are, that are like water animals mm-hmm. and she gets saved by sitting on turtles back. And the way that she's able to, to kind of bring more life is if anyone is able to swim down to the bottom of the water and come up with some earth, cause she's sky woman, she's a woman, she can make life so she could breathe life into the earth and create earth. So they each try to go swimming down as deep as they can. Nobody can go that deep. They keep coming up empty handed. And then Muskrat, who's not a very strong swimmer. He's like, I'm going to try. And everybody's like, oh, but you're not a very good swimmer. Are you sure? And he's like, no, I want to try I want to do my part. So he goes down and he's gone for a really long time and he uh, comes floating back up to the surface. So he's like sacrificed himself, but Mm -hmm. in his little paw, he's got some earth. And so Sky Woman takes the earth and she puts it on turtle's back and breathes life into it and then turtles back becomes the earth that we're on right now because she's sky woman. She honors muskrat for his sacrifice and breathes life back into him as well. So it's just this really beautiful Mm -hmm. creation story Mm -hmm. um, that comes from indigenous roots and, and shows to me uh, just kind of like sacrifice reciprocity, respect, and like symbolizes
10: our creation together.
1: I love that. She shared that story. Mm
4: Oh, absolutely. It gives me chills. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I love that acting and entertainment is a hundred percent, you know, storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, it just, it fills my heart and I think she makes a really good point, like with the ring specifically, um, and why it's so important that it's that, that we have authentic uh, clothing and jewelry and the like is because our stories are interwoven, um, when you see a character wearing, for example, a ribbon skirt, I'm not sure if we've ever seen a character in the universe wearing a ribbon skirt, but there's a story behind that. Um, her turtle rings, stuff like that. Um, and it just adds that authenticity. It And it tells them that they're being seen, like that tells the indigenous viewers that they're being seen and that their stories matter.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I think the first time I have ever heard of a ribbon dress, I don't know if it's the same thing as a ribbon skirt, but it was in a Robert Munch book. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering oh, okay. if it's the same thing, but uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Really? Yeah, you're 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 encroaching on
3: Awesome's territory
0: now. Maybe. Awesome <laughs> <laughs> May I ask what the story is for the ribbon skirt?
4: Well, ribbon skirts were they're very popular now, and you see it a lot in modern, um, I guess, indigenous dress. So, like, what somebody might wear every day. Um, it's usually a fairly simple skirt, usually ankle length or longer. Mm. Um, and it has ribbon either embroidered or sewed onto it. And originally, it kind of harkens back to these kind of broadcloth skirts that our women would wear. Mm. So, in one way, it is, especially now, it's fashion. But mm. back then, and even now, it is a part of showing how sacred our women are as life givers and birth givers as well as um, a way to keep ourselves grounded because you're closer to the ground. You're, I guess, more free as if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard tell of people at like um, different protests or even celebrations who wear ribbon skirts just so that they can be grounded mm-hmm. and be closer to, I guess, Mother Earth or Turtle Island, as it were.
1: Interesting. Beautiful yeah. Our buddy, Adrian, he had a question here. How do you feel indigenous issues and challenges are portrayed in the universe, for example, uh, of where they hit on the the, the nail on the head and where they maybe missed the mark?
4: Honestly, I don't feel that they missed the mark. And maybe that's just because I'm such a big fan of the universe in Mm -hmm. general. But. I will sing Jared Queso's praises all day. Mm-hmm. And I will sing Dio Horn's praises all day and all the indigenous cast. They bring forward issues within the community without making it a huge issue. Um, I believe there was it with Dylan Cook that they mentioned about how native flu is absolutely a thing.
1: Yeah, I think it was Dylan. Yeah, because he yeah. he kind of gave me a straight face to try to intimidate me uh, <laughs> at some point. Uh, I wish we had video of that interview because he was pretty funny in that.
4: <laughs> yeah. And honestly, they do so, so incredibly well with it. And mm-hmm. I think it's because Kiso writes from what he's experienced. Mm-hmm. He's from, you know, slightly more Northern Ontario and he's from the hockey circuit. And hockey is very popular among indigenous people Right. to the point where we have, you know the ability to have people like um, Andrew Anson and having his uh, charity um, that allows people to play hockey and to learn hockey yeah. and gives them these opportunities.
1: Yeah. Oh, um, you have the three Nolans. I mean, they, they've got yeah. their their organization as well um, that I think uh, is bringing hockey to to the the indigenous.
4: So honestly, I don't know that there's any way to improve upon it or mm-hmm. that. Um, any marks have been missed. The only thing I'd love to see is more of the reservation within the universe. I'd love to see more of Tanis's world, uh, more of Axe and Slash's world, Shania's world. Right. We get a better peek of it, you know, when we get into the the Scodude uh, mm. energy drink kind of storyline. But I'd like to see just more of that,
1: or maybe a spinoff.
4: Absolutely, I would watch. You know. Yeah an anti uh uh spinoff any day of the week
1: i know that uh kind has just started um uh advertise or promoting uh, a project that she's she's involved in i think she wrote and is directing a move is it a movie or a show i don't even know i i, I uh have you seen the um you know what i shouldn't bring it up unless i have all the details but <laughs> i
4: have seen the yeah, post for it yeah. though and i am just in awe of the cast uh like I, is it Dylan Cook that's in it? Um, Graham Greene. I believe Mm -hmm. Ganyan Dio is also acting in it.
5: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, Meegwen Fairbrother. Like, it's amazing. Uh, All the people that are being brought together. I'm going to be really interested to check it
1: out. Dylan Cook, uh, in his interview, always talks about, you know, all the, 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 the ones who paved the way and Graham green is a big one. I mean, he's been, I feel like he's been on Canadian television forever. Right. I mean, from, yeah. from uh, corner gas to, uh, to, I mean, he's, I feel like we've seen him everywhere. So, and, but he's one of the few indigenous actors that most people could name, uh, and not, you know, like that's it, like him and, and yeah. who else. So, uh, it's great now that we can name more. Right. I think just, just sheer numbers has has made it better.
4: Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll touch on it eventually, like further on with some of the interviews we have. Mm-hmm. But indigenous entertainment has really blown up. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the 90s when we had like Disney's Pocahontas. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you were a little bit older, maybe you saw the Graham Greene horror movie Clear Cut. And that was about it. Yeah. And now, like, I'm a big horror movie fan. And like even Shutter, which is an app. Or a subscription specifically for horror movies. They have an indigenous uh, horror section. I think it's under their folk horror section. And it includes obviously Clear Cut. Uh, we've got stuff like Antlers, right down to a movie called uh, The Edge of the Knife, which was the first motion picture or major motion picture that was done in full like Haida or Salish uh, language, mm-hmm. which is amazing we
1: wouldn't have had this even 20 years ago yeah very true sorry i'm looking something up real quick here because i feel like i may have messed missed the mark when i said graham green it isn't graham green in corner gas it's lauren what's his name cardinal? lauren cardinal uh yes. but graham green is in like red green show and, and a bunch mm. of other things so anyway but again so if i were to name two indigenous actors those would be the two that i would have named before letter kenny now i can name more. Um, Y.Y.Z. Gorda asks, uh, we tend to think the letter Kenny and Chorzy have done a relatively good job at Indigenous representation. Who else is doing it well? You've kind of started, you know, hit upon some of them already. But, you know, what what other shows should we be looking out for? Other art?
4: Um. So there's, like I said, now there's a ton of them. If you're into horror, check out Edge of uh, the Knife. If you like comedy, uh, the CBC ran a show a while back called Mohawk Girls. which is about um, modern Mohawk girls uh, growing up on the, I believe it's the Ganawage Reserve. Mm -hmm. And uh, one character, she's very much like me, where she was not connected to her roots. Um, Her father passed away and she found out, you know, he was from Ganawage. So she goes there to try to reconnect and it kind of follows her struggles with reconnecting and also how people on that reservation, um, Kind of deal with outsiders, with, you know, other people coming into their community, that mm-hmm. sort of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I really, really like Mohawk Girls. I was going to
1: say, um, it sounds kind of familiar, <laughs> that yeah, story. it's,
4: it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, reservation Dogs, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. I cannot give enough love to yeah. Reservation Dogs. So good. Um, Trickster was fantastic. My heart broke a little um, that we probably won't get more of that show because the, there was some issues with a producer saying she was from a nation that she maybe wasn't from. Mm. Um, but it's fantastic and comes from a fantastic line of books. And then for people who like more action or more kind of straight face stuff like um, Longmire and Yellowstone, mm. um, Yellowstone's not without its issues, but for the most part, they fairly accurately portray the, um, both indigenous people and indigenous issues, as well as modernizing them and saying like, Hey, we don't live in teepees anymore. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's a massive show. So it's good to, I haven't watched it, but I I mean, everyone I know has seen Yellowstone keeps on telling me you should watch it, but
4: yeah. And the spinoff, um, 1923 apparently Mm -hmm. goes really deep into, uh, some of the issues with like residential schools and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, I haven't personally seen it, so I can't speak to that. I can only speak to, um, Actually, my fiance was telling me about it. He's like, you'd probably find this pretty interesting.
2: Cool. Yeah. It's amazing how much mm. the world's changed mm. with everything. So, and I don't know if I've talked, I think I've talked to it in an after show. I'm not sure I've ever talked about it on the show, but I worked at a summer camp years ago and and coming up, if I have talked about this, but when I was a teenager and the entire camp um, was riddled in indigenous, mm. like all of our, all of our um, cabins that the kids slept in were all named after tribes. Um, we we did a lot of like like songs and stuff, and like like the, like looking at now, it would not be acceptable in today's world the way we did it. I mean, there was definitely no malice in anything that was happening, but it's just interesting that that existed. Like right down to the like, I have photos of myself wearing like a mock up headdress and mm-hmm. war paint, um, and I was representing the Algonquin chief, right? Mm-hmm. Like. It, this is a real thing, but it was it was all a gimmick, right? It was it was fun for the kids. Um, again, our intentions, at least at least from my point of view, were very good. Like, sure. Well, like, you were kids;
1: was, you had no, yeah,
3: yeah, well, exactly.
2: It
1: was on, it wasn't on you; it was on the the adults too. No, exactly. We still have the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm <laughs> not saying. Not <laughs> yeah. and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not defending mm-hmm. it either way. Yeah. I'm just saying it's it's just interesting how things have changed so much, right? And I know that the camp over time, especially when things became a problem, they've changed everything now. And last, I know the camp's moved on to a new spot. It's under a new name. It's it, all the cabins have been changed. It's like they, they've they done away with that because there was finally a recogniz- recognition that this is not okay anymore. Mm-hmm. No one signed off saying this is okay. Um, it's not run by indigenous people, nothing of that nature, but it was used as a gimmick to give children a fun summer, um, but it's just, it was just looking back at that and knowing what i know now, it's like,
1: yeah, but I'm wondering too, if they couldn't have done it a different way, if they could have taken the gimmick and turned it into an educational like opportunity where maybe they brought in indigenous people to help run the camps so that yeah. they can actually, the they, kids could learn, did. right? No, I know that's <laughs> not what they it. did, but I mean, like. Uh, I feel like there's like one or two yeah. ways it could have gone and one way would have been probably a, a more effective way. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. What do you think, Cassie? Like, would they have been able to do that? Um, maybe, I, I'm not saying like dress the kids up in, in the, the, the headgear or whatever, but I mean, you know, naming the different cabins after different tribes, as long as the kids from each cabin had to learn about those tribes and, yeah. and maybe, you know, as an education, yeah, as an educational yeah. tool, right? Where oh, they, absolutely. yeah,
4: they're definitely. And I mean, I was just watching. I think was it Dragon's Den a couple nights ago, mm-hmm. where uh, some First Nations people had come on, and they had like a a teepee camp sort of thing. Where it was exactly that, where you yeah. go, you you'd stay, and uh, depending on you know which package you purchased, like you'd have cooking lessons right. and like history lessons, storytelling lessons, yeah. Now this reminds me of something very funny Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not going to sound funny at first. So I do apologize, but um, I will tie it back into letter Kenny in a way. All right. We get
0: it. You're a Mark Ford fan. We understand. (laughs) 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 Well, here
4: we go. So uh, last year around September for truth and reconciliation day, a bunch of my friends uh, at work, Wanted to get orange t-shirts. They were all sold out on the reservation, which was fantastic to know that money was going back into the community. Mm -hmm. But I went around town looking for other places that might be selling them. And one of the places that was selling them is Sport Check. Mm -hmm. Now, Sport Check is connected to like Canadian Tire and they have the Jumpstart program. Right. So I was like, okay, this is cool. And they have a little thing um, explaining what the proceeds of these orange shirts were going to. And I'm like, okay, this will go to Truth and Reconciliation. This is great. Yeah. But the wording was basically, however much proceeds, will go to teaching hockey players about residential schools. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> that what? is that was their charity. Mm-hmm. And um all I could picture in my mind, and like part of me just wants to write a fanfic
5: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> of like coach sitting the hockey players down and being like, listen. I have to do this. This is mandated right. and like
5: right. trying yeah. to
4: teach them about yeah. residential schools oh and indigenous history. Yeah. I think that would be really fucking funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Cause
4: again, it was probably good intention, mm-hmm. but like to me and my twist of the mind, I was like, that's really funny. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's that's hilarious. It's
2: an interesting narrative there.
1: And all of the Tanya called it that it had to do with coach. Anyway, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the next clip here. This one's from our friend Blair.
9: Indigenous representation is so important, especially like right now. I feel like there's a lot of beautiful risings coming. And I think especially with our Crew and cast were really fortunate because everybody is so accepting and is so ready to have all of that inclusivity. Mm-hmm. And in regards to costume, to hair, to makeup, to crew themselves it's shown through every single aspect. Like we do use a lot of indigenous brands for the clothing and jewelry. We use the makeup in the hair and makeup trailers. You know, we are very much connected to it all. Even the cast being at center ice for it is huge in itself, you know, and showing us in the present day is huge as well. Like, so there's a lot of really beautiful things around that kind of naturally just bring in that empowerment and like inclusion and it's so amazing to be a part of it feels great to go to set every day and feel like you are a part of something that's bigger, better, and beautiful.
1: You mm-hmm. know? And that was Blair uh, Lamora um, talking about representation and authenticity.
4: And I love how she said, you know, something that's bigger, better, and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously. And I mean, <laughs> so when you kind of called it letter Kenny is my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but um Shorzy, and I mean, I'm not saying anything that n- people haven't already said. Shorzy has been amazing for the amount of representation, uh, the authenticity and elevating voices of people who would maybe otherwise be pushed to the corner. So indigenous people, women in hockey, people who normally wouldn't be, you know, leaders get to be leaders. And it's not it's never treated like, oh, that's so weird. That's so, you know, wrong. It's like, no, these people are badasses. They're amazing at what they do and they're going to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well said. So,
4: yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I love, uh, again, just how she mentions, you know, the clothing, the jewelry, even down to the makeup, um, which makes me wonder which brands they use, you know, are they using a uh, cheekbone makeup because they are amazing. Um, but yeah, it's just that authenticity. It's just, it'd be no different than somebody wearing, you know, well, it's different in terms of cultural, but like nobody goes, Oh, that person's wearing an old Navy sweater. Um, And, you know, the characters aren't like, huh, you're wearing an old Navy sweater. Mm -hmm. Nobody's like, Oh, you're wearing beating from, you know, Roberta Anderson or mad auntie jewelry. It just, is what it is. It's part of the character. And yeah. that's something so important about normalizing uh, indigenous characters and modernizing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Our friend Tobias, uh, I mean, you've, you've already said you're, you're only now kind of rediscovering your 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 native your your indigenous heritage. So, um, I mean, as a child, like how, and how did your childhood impact your interests and depiction depictions of native and first nations persons? Like how how curious were you as a child about all this stuff? Like, did you, were you aware of your, of your roots when you were younger?
4: So I was, maybe around i want to say six or seven Mm -hmm. um when we found out that uh we were indigenous okay basically my father's uncle had passed away and through the grapevine, it was found out that my dad could get his status Mm -hmm. um at that point my only real frame of reference was uh pocahontas right um i had all this stuff and like anytime we talked about, like I mentioned being native people be like, well, you don't look like Pocahontas. You don't look like this. You don't look like that. Um, which caused some really ingrained, I think imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. but my dad's interest in history and also in things like arrowhead hunting, metal detecting stuff like that, um, gave me something more physical to understand. Like I could hold an arrowhead and understand where it came from. I, I, have a piece of pottery that we found all these pieces in an old uh, field by a factory. And we were able to put it back together, basically. Cool. Um, And I was very lucky that we did live so close to six nations um, because every year it was tradition that my dad and I would go to, Uh, two of the powwows that were there, the champion of champions powwow, which is like an internationally renowned powwow. Mm -hmm. And then the um, Mississauga of the new credits, uh, three fires powwow, which is a little less glitzy and a little more, I guess, homey. It feels like home going there every year. So I did have those touchstones, even though I didn't have many indigenous people in my life to ask questions. I had those touchstones so that when it was time for me to start reconnecting myself, um, I was able to kind of make reference to those. Um, I was in middle school to high school when land back, uh, protests started becoming a thing. Right. And I remember, um, just a few years ago before my father passed away, like land back is going to continue to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth and reconciliation stuff is going to continue to be a thing. And I remember asking my or saying to my dad, I want to help, but I don't know how. And he's like, I admire that you want to help, um, but just prepare to have your heart broken. Um, You've heard all your life. You don't look like these people. And um, there are some people who, you know, they've had these struggles and they're not going to trust you right away, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, which is why something like this episode and stuff like letter Kenny and Shorty is so important to me because it is a way of interacting with the culture and learning, reconnecting myself while also teaching other people. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I can't even imagine I and mean, you went through the Catholic school system too, didn't you?
4: Yes, I did. Uh- <laughs>
1: How was that? Um,
4: Um, I tell people like, you can't hurt me. I'm an indigenous woman who went through Catholic high school. Um, We had a world religions class, which, again, very well intentioned. Mm
5: -hmm. But
4: the teacher who wasn't well intentioned, uh, she didn't give two craps about the indigenous side of The the curriculum Mm. to the point where she said to me, because I've always been very clear and very open about being Indigenous, she said, Can you or your dad come in and teach about Native spirituality? And I'm like, Sorry, what? (laughs) So here I was like 15 or 16 years old talking to my peers about stuff that, you know, they could have done as much research as I did.
5: Yeah.
4: Right. Like she, she was not interested in it at all. And I'm like, I I don't know. So I just tried to, you know, highlight some of the stories and then, um, played some, uh, music by Robbie Robertson, who's a fantastic musician, Mm -hmm. um, to just try to get them to, to connect. Did it work? I don't know, Mm -hmm. but, um, that is a, Big it worked.
3: Of, it worked for your teacher. You did her work.
1: Yeah, I right? know, right? So, I didn't even get paid for it. Yeah, woo. A dick movie. Ended your up on the dean's list. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you showed her. Um, yeah, absolutely.
4: So, I mean, that's being in Catholic school yeah. as an Indigenous person. Honestly,
1: yeah, yeah I can't imagine. Uh, second, or a uh, part of last part of Tobias's question is we talked about television and movies in terms of uh, the evolution of Indigenous. Representation. What about music? um You know, how's that evolved, or has it?
4: Um, it's so interesting. Honestly, um, so I've mentioned Robbie Robertson, and again, this isn't about me. This is about Indigenous entertainment in general. But yeah. on my Twitter yesterday, I was tweeting out a bunch of links to different uh, Indigenous artists and songs. Um, there's some indigenous artists who they just make music it has nothing to do with being indigenous uh that's just like it's like i'm indigenous this is the music i make no different than you know i'm portuguese this is the music i make
1: oh there's Um, a difference trust me (laughs) unless you're new to betancourt yeah
4: some people aren't you know repping it they're just making music Mm -hmm. because it's the music they want to make and then there are also people who have themes uh, in it. Uh, there's a lot of indigenous hip hop. And I think you find hip hop in any sort of um, societal group where they're, you know, pushed to the side. Right. You see that
1: marginalized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: Marginalized. There we mm-hmm. go. Exactly. I could yeah. not find that word for the,
1: yeah, no, that's okay. That's what I'm here for.
4: <laughs> um, and they sample a lot of like traditional songs and stuff. You'll hear, you know, the chanting and the singing in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and their lyrics will, you know, be talking about the resistance. They'll be talking about water issues, land back, missing and murdered indigenous women. So it runs the gamut. Um, mm-hmm. But some of my favorites, if you don't mind me giving some recommendations. Of course. <laughs> um, I Again, I love Robbie Robertson. Um, I feel like everybody's heard his music either like his solo Mm -hmm. work or through the band yeah um the band that's called the band yeah um i love uh jb the first woman i love snotty nose res kids the hallucination who was formerly a tribe called red uh cody coyote there's so many fantastic artists out there and i'm missing tons of them mm-hmm. but uh just off the top of my head those are some that are very listenable and i was rocking out to all day yesterday
1: very cool and anyway, we may hear from one of them later on in the, in this episode
4: <laughs> absolutely
1: matt sorry i think I interrupted a question you were going to ask uh, i just wanted to get tobias's last part
2: no in no so I, so my question what i mean it's as i mentioned a couple times like truth and reconciliation very simple question do you think it's helping do you think it truth and reconciliation truth and truth and reconciliation day that's been identified in canada do you think it's just another well intended thing or is it making a difference
4: oh that's a very good question um i feel like unfortunately a lot of people just see it as you know if their work is a them the day off they just see it as a day off and yeah. I really wish people would be taking the opportunity to have that day off to go to different uh celebrations and ceremonies that are happening the very first truth and reconciliation day I went to a ceremony um with smudging and everything and yeah. literally I I cried mm-hmm. I it was so powerful um so I think in one way it's getting our word out there. It's no different than having indigenous themes in TV shows and stuff like that. It's getting us out there. It's helping us find our allies. Yeah. The people who want to listen, they're going to listen. Mm-hmm. The people who don't want to listen are not. Yeah. You, you can't, you know, you can lead a horse to war, but you can't make it drink.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz in the live stream is just asking uh, what is Re- truth and reconciliation Recon- day?
4: All right. I'm definitely happy to cover sure. that. Thank you so I much. I should have led Liz. with
2: that one, Liz. Sorry, I forgot that this is a Canadian <laughs> yeah. uh, podcast. So here we go. Take it away.
4: Yeah. So <laughs> Truth and Reconciliation Day is a day um, recognized by the Canadian government now. It's September 30th, which used to be Orange Shirt Day. Um, it's a day that we look at Indigenous issues and we recognize the systemic racism uh, that has basically befallen our people. Um, So residential schools were a big part for people who may not be aware of residential schools. um, Children were taken from their families and taken to these schools. And basically the idea was they were religious schools and they were meant to save the man and kill the Indian. So basically teaching us not to be, Indigenous, uh, stripping us of our culture, our language, our traditions, everything. Uh, when children, a lot of children were killed and abused, unfortunately, it's it's deeply heartbreaking. Mm. People who were able to escape or um, phased out of that school system, a lot of them ended up with addictions issues uh, because they didn't know how to cope. They didn't have a community. They didn't have a language they were basically taught to hate themselves. Um, That was just one of the issues. And we're to this day, we're still finding these mass unmarked graves of children who were abused and murdered. Um, We have issues, again, all across North America, and I'm sure in other places where Indigenous uh, people live, of what's called missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. So I forget the exact stat, but it's something like Indigenous women and girls are 16% more likely to be murdered than women of other races. Um, We have a national issue and we're trying to get a national inquiry about all these women, thousands upon thousands who have gone missing um, across Canada and into the United States. Um, And honestly, people turn a blind eye. It's, I don't want to make a joke of it, but we're seeing in the news right now, a lot of, talk about these millionaires who are in a submarine you know who disappeared by the titanic yeah. and the amount of effort and resources put it into finding them if we took even a small amount of that energy the resources and the care into finding our women our innocent children and finally bringing them home like I know that's a little bit soapboxy. I do apologize. No, you're not wrong. wrong. Um, We'd probably be able to reunite a lot of people with their their families or or be able to give closure. Um, Systemic racism across Canada also includes our Indigenous men are jailed. Um, There were what were called starlight tours where police in Manitoba would um, arrest men, take their shoes, their coats and everything drive them out to the middle of nowhere and tell them to walk home and they'd freeze to death. Um, people do believe that Canada is free of these problematic issues and that's not the case at all. No. And what Truth and Reconciliation Day allows us to do is to recognize these issues, to try to call for a national inquiry. And at the same time, there can still be celebration, just like how you need dark to understand light you need sour to understand sweet we can still celebrate that we're still here that we have strong women and men children creators who are willing to stand up and tell their stories um so that's just a little bit about truth and reconciliation day i hope it answers because i feel like i kind of went off on a tangent i'm so sorry it was was perfect i think
1: it was perfect that list says thank you for clarifying Uh, i'm yeah it's Well put. Let's let's uh, let's move on to another clip here. Uh, Try to lighten the mood.
0: Lighten
1: the mood. Sorry, Uh, I brought us down there. No, no,
0: no. and I want to say though, like, no apology necessary. No apology at all. Honestly, you are such a strong, beautiful. Person and, and you speak so eloquently yeah. and so powerfully that your words, your feeling, your emotion, your, your, your heart, it does come across and it is so powerful and you are so powerful mm-hmm. and, and never apologize for that because you, you speak it so well and, and it is, you, you truly are very powerful and, uh, and I hope everybody feels that way the, the same way. Cause it's, it, thank you so much for sharing that with us, honestly. And, ca-
3: and and Cassie, if there's even like one person listening to this, that's, that learned something new, mm-hmm. you, you know, that's, that's a life you just touched. Yeah. Right. And, and that's it. That's what it's all about. Right. Mm-hmm. It's about, t- you know, changing changing minds and touching people one person at a time and 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 that's what you know that's the gift that you're giving us right now
4: yeah. and that means the world to me i think i think it was Keelani in one of her interviews or in her interview with you guys uh, said that again acting is storytelling it's mm-hmm. getting that message out there and i feel that that's what i'm here to do is mm-hmm. to honor my ancestors by sharing this information
1: Absolutely. All right. Let's hear from Dylan again. Mike Benelli asked the question, how have the opportunities for indigenous actors changed recently? Now, are we talking about letter Kenny and and how they've got the representation? Right. But I mean, it feels like there's a wind change happening in terms of representation all over pop culture. I mean, one of the yeah. biggest shows from last year was reservation dogs, which I loved. We all uh, so, so great, great man, show. That show
6: is Fucking awesome. Bro. Right. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> yeah. It, it feels like, it feels like there's a, a change. you know, there's a wind change happening where there's more indigenous representation. There, yeah. there are more stories being told. How's that cha- How's that helped you or affected you in terms of opportunities for, for yourself? Well, man, you know
6: what? And I'll, a lot of it is because of the people before me who have kind of laid down mm-hmm. that groundwork, like some, you know, like the great Native actors before me, yeah, and uh, the even peop- uh, actors who are just a little bit older than me, you know, like like Dio, yeah, kind of doing doing their thing, and I've seen it kind of change in I don't know in the past twenty years, like like the only guy that I knew before mm. was like. Adam Beach and like right. Wes Studi yeah. and like you know uh, a couple of a couple other actors that like only like other indigenous people would know mm-hmm. you know but then um things kind of started changing I don't know I would say in the mid 2000s mm-hmm. and uh, you started to see a little bit more representation of like not just indigenous actors but like people indigenous people behind the camera and right. in the writing room right and, you know, do, doing all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And th- I felt like that kind of ha- helped open up the, the doors for in, indigenous performers, because with those people in the room, you know, it kind of made it easier for uh, actors to, to kind of portray yeah. um, accurate mm-hmm. representations of yeah. themselves. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's fair. So I felt like that was a, uh, that was a big turning point and you're starting to see it now, especially with reservation dogs, obviously ladder canny mm-hmm. Tall Boys to Men. Uh, If you guys got to check out Tall Boys to Men, uh, my buddy Vance from Indian Horse, he's doing that. He's great. And they they have uh, Indigenous writers as well. And, you know, so you're really starting to see that explosion of really starting to support the arts and Native people in storytelling. So the more you see that, I think the more you're going to see opportunities explode for Indigenous actors in Canada and in the States.
1: Yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, we we talked about that already, and all the different um, new shows and and the wind changes. Um, kind of along the same lines, Jason Eykard asks, um, "Do you plan on seeing Bones of Crows, or have you seen it? And if you have, tell us what you thought of it."
4: I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Um, I did see that they um, did a limited release, especially for like Indigenous People's Day, and I'm very interested in uh, checking it out uh, for people who may not be familiar with Bones of Crows. <laughs> it's a story of a, um, basically a woman healing and reconnecting after the effects of residential schools. No. Yeah. And how she kind of reconnects to her community and her family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Um, I hope I can see it sooner <laughs> rather than later. Cause I have no patience at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it sounds like a heavy topic and and but a topical one like a timely one for sure i mean when we talk about residential schools i think it's important for people to understand this isn't something in the far history i think the last residential school closed when 90, 90 something 96 1996 yes, that's correct was the last school to close that yeah. wasn't that long ago no.
4: no and indigenous children when they're being born are still being taken away by the foster mm-hmm uh system which can do a lot of good but in this case not so much they need to be to grow within their their community so people who say that this is something that it oh it's so long ago it doesn't you know get over it move on it's still happening it's still happening to this day
1: yeah for sure uh one last one here from uh, our, our buddy mike benelli uh when so much of culture is tied to language uh, he's curious what effects are being undertaken to ensure the indigenous languages of Canadian first nations, people survive extinction. Ooh,
4: that's a very, very good question. Yeah, it's almost and like one, he's a
1: history teacher or something. Yeah.
4: Oh, almost right. <laughs> um, it's, oh, excuse me. It's also one I'm so excited to answer mm-hmm. um, as someone who's learning my language. So that's right. Yeah. Um, within Canada, there have been, efforts within different universities to have indigenous, uh, programs. So, uh, programs where indigenous people and non-indigenous people like can come and learn about our history. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of cases, uh, language is tied to it. Um, I know though it's not necessarily language based, uh, the university of Alberta has a program for indigenous studies right now where you can take it for free. You oh can- yeah. I
1: heard about this. Yeah
4: like if you want a certificate saying that you've completed it, uh, you pay like a little bit extra, but like the information's all there for free, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, If you go on to reservations, there are books and flashcards and all this stuff. There's stuff on YouTube. We're in the prime point of bigger things happening, um, of good things happening. We have the internet. We have... um, so many people on YouTube, TikTok, everything where you can learn these languages, because I do agree that um just like any living language, if it's not practiced, and they did try to erase all of our languages, our strongest way to resist and to fight that is to speak our languages, to teach it um, not just to our younger generations, but to our allies and our friends, I don't think it's something that we can gatekeep right now. And I'm so glad that we're finally getting to a point where it is more accessible. I just wish that Canada would provide more grants and funds to be able to have more programs um, so that these dialects can be taught and uh, that sort of thing. Because like, I love it when I go on the reservation here and I'm driving down the road and there's a sign that says like, you know, stay off your phone, da-da-da. And then they have it in an indigenous language. Mm. It it makes my heart sing. It makes me so happy to see.
0: Yeah. And when and we when we met each other, I loved that you shared that with me cuz you 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 were like look at this and you pulled out your phone and you're like I'm learning it right now. I and you and you showed me the app and you like you you can see it, you can hear it, you can um you know, learn it and and it's and it's and it and it's so it's so amazing mm-hmm. that you know, it's at the touch of your hands now and that anyone can can get this information, right? And learn.
4: Absolutely. Um, the app that Tanya is talking about is one called Speak Mohawk. It's uh, put together by Six Nations and one of the schools in this area, like one of the post-secondary schools. And you literally, you know, they have different categories. You click on what you want to say, you see how it's written, mm-hmm. and then it reads it to you. Um, and that's a big part of how I've been learning how to... Um, to speak my language though. I'm still very shaky. It'll take some time, but Mm -hmm. you know, um, one of my most fond memories is the fact that when my dad was still alive, every greeting card that I wrote to him, I would sign it with um, the Mohawk words for I love you. And I can't pronounce them. That's one of the things I do want to learn, but it was something that I could write. And like, I want to keep bringing it back to mm-hmm. representation in media, especially with Letterkenny and Shorzy and the like. Normalizing Indigenous culture means that these things are more likely to be sought after and more likely to be made available. Um, it's one of those things that it starts this chain reaction of good.
1: Yeah. Can, yeah. You, can you mention the, the name of that app again? Casey says her, her stream froze and she wanted to know the, the app.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's called Speak Mohawk. Speak um, Mohawk. I I don't know if uh, she has a um, if she has an Apple or an Android, um, but I found it in the App Store and it's really cool. Um, I keep like pulling up my phone, like I'm going to show you, and I'm like, mm. this is an audio podcast. Yeah, That's yeah. So, right, but, for great so check it out. It. Speak
1: Mohawk it. is the name of the app. Impressive. Yeah.
4: Yes.
2: Quick, quick question. So I mean, I. <laughs> Sorry, I'm choking. Sorry. <laughs> um, Don't die on us. Yeah, no, it's not 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 my intent. Um, I love that you're fully in a learning stage. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. What's something that along your journey so far has either and I'm and I'm looking for something more on, on the positive side, something that's caught you off guard or surprised you about about your heritage that you didn't know before um, that you were excited about.
4: Ah, huh, so don't be a downer. Is what you don't you're be saying. a downer?
2: No, 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 no. Let, let's let's highlight some fun. Highlight um, something awesome about your about your heritage that you didn't know.
4: Honestly, um, oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Um, some of the meanings of the dances and stuff. Okay. Um, that I see in powwows. I go to powwows. I still do to this day. Um, and there's always what's called an intertribal dance. So that's when anybody, no matter if they know the dances or not, they can come onto to the, the grass and do them okay. and learning some of the meanings of them, the, the grass dance, the smoke dance, um, some of the storytelling dances. Um, it's really cool to have that knowledge like, oh, the dancer is moving this way because he's imitating the spirit of a wild horse, that sort of thing. Mm. Like, it's it's really cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Very cool. So, yeah, so you're, cool. so you're now a dancer, or were you always a dancer?
4: Um, <laughs> I grew up learning tap dance and figure skating. Oh, there you so, go. Okay, but I always did the intertribal dances. And yeah. uh, no matter how crazy I probably looked, um, yeah. I hope that uh, my love for my culture shone through. Yeah, my swelling limbs.
2: Yeah, and that's I mean that's something I've taken from a lot of what I, I kind of know is everything t- tends to have a meaning. Right. Yes. Nothing's just nothing's just there for the sake of being there. There's some, some drawing inspiration from something behind the scenes that you probably don't, you're not aware of unless you're in it. Whereas the rest of it, if I go out there and dance, I'm just moving. Whether it even looks in sync, it, it, there's no, there's no intention here. It's I, I can
1: attest. To, I've yeah, seen Matt dance. Uh, yeah,
2: My body goes where it
1: there's no intention whatsoever.
2: Yeah, yeah
6: so, just,
3: so, so Cassie, when, Um, my kids were young. Um, so this is maybe going back like 15 years ago. Um, every earth day, um, I think people were really into it back then. Every earth day, people would religiously turn their lights off for an hour. And, and then we would take our kids during that time to the science center because all of these amateur astronomers would bring out their telescopes because the, the, the skies were actually kind of lit up or or the opposite lit up with stars as opposed to all this, all the light pollution. So it was a really great time to look to, you know, go and see some really cool things, planets, stars, formations. And every year they would have indigenous people um, come out to the science center and do the storytelling and do various dances. And, and they wouldn't just do it. They would explain the meanings behind it. And it was just wonderful. Like all the, you know, kids, some kids were running around and others were just sitting on the, you know, outside on kind of these, um, like a like a, they had a bit of a stage there, and and there was these indigenous performances. I thought that was just so so cool, and I, I don't know if they still do that uh, every year, but um, uh, I I that was just a wonderful kind of uh, uh, experience for the for, for our kids and for us.
4: Well, that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, Great and question. honestly, I want to say uh, to anybody who's in Ontario or you know willing to make the drive when we have palos come, come learn with us, come dance with us, come celebrate with us. The best thing about powwows is it it's like having a movie or a TV show in that you get to experience so much. Um, and it's intertribal. It's accessible to anybody and everybody's welcome. You just have to, you know, have an open mind and open heart and, you know, get ready to hoka hoka.
1: I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that sounds like fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's listen to another clip here. Speaking of modern representation, well, like I said, we've we've interviewed uh, Bradley Trudeau, Dylan Cook. We've interviewed uh, Harlan now, and a lot of the Indigenous actors on the show. And there is for sure a lot more opportunity there with uh, with shows like Reservation Dogs, with shows like like uh, Shorzy and Letter Kenny, and and so many others. So there's a lot more opportunity there, which is great, but. Wouldn't you say that maybe eventually the best uh, sign that we've gone past this is when you can get roles where the the byline isn't indigenous, you know, it's just uh, Mary, you know, (laughs) 100 (laughs) 100%. percent,
8: you know, just sort of getting to that place where it's not such a fight for representation or voices and where you can like I come across it in the DJ world, too. Mm -hmm a lot of hype on oh she's a girl dj or she's a female dj and it's like you know you want the industry to get to a place where that's more natural you know so i think with acting um the same thing just being a, a girl or a a person yeah. just you mm-hmm. know i think that will that will feel nice as well but i and, and i do recognize you know the importance of representation in that same breath so more balance
1: for sure. More balance indeed. Uh, we're seeing oh, like it, that. yeah. We're seeing it in so many other places where you know it's it's gone beyond. I mean, we're seeing I I just watched the movie, uh, I forget what's called, uh, I Amy or something like that. We're at kind of deal in it, and uh and she, and um oh, what's her name? Um anyway, uh, um she's not playing an indigenous woman, she's just playing a woman. Mm-hmm. Um she, uh, and It was just it was refreshing to see Um, and uh, I think uh, hopefully we're going to see as as these actors get more exposure and people start seeing them as people and not just as indigenous people uh, maybe we'll see more of that
4: oh absolutely Um, if we modernize the indigenous identity um, it means that like you said we're not just seen as some sort of exotic person or somebody out of a book we are you know living vibrant people um and i want to see those um those opportunities um in that clip you know it was specifically mentioned that balance is key Mm -hmm. um because we need those roles but we also need the historical roles as well um Mm -hmm. i think there are two sides of the same coin but it's I'm always so exciting when you see like an indigenous actor mm-hmm. who isn't playing the mighty wise indigenous person. He's right. just a person. Yeah.
1: Yes.
2: That yeah, movie is the neighbor.
1: Yeah. Right yeah. Who, yeah. That movie I, I mentioned with uh, kind of deal in it is called, um, Alice Darling, and it stars oh, yes, yes. Anna Kendrick and kind of sure. in it. Was that good? Uh, yeah, I didn't mind it. was It was pretty good. Uh, it was kind of a thriller. I mean, I wasn't expecting the, what what it was, and uh, yeah. so it, yeah, it, it turned out to be uh, really it's good. Been on my hit list, I yeah. just haven't gotten to her yet. So again, like it was just a, one of those. It's notable because she's in it, but it's not yeah. about an indigenous person. You you don't even know what what her background is. It's just three girlfriends who go to a cabin and they're, they're working each other's issues out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, there you go. Um, let's uh, move on. we got two more clips here. I just want to try to get us in under two hours. So let's oh, listen. Goodness. Let's listen to Andrew. Now, how has it felt to you being a part of all this now looking back at it all?
11: Uh, it's an honor, you know, um, really, I, I think we can all say that like the big opportunity for all of us. And uh, for, for me personally, I come from like a very small remote uh, community, so um, g- people are very proud. Like not just proud, but I'm happy that I, you know, show these kids that uh, that if I can do it, then any one of you guys. I know it yeah. sounds, you know, people say this all the time, but for real, like I. No representation matters for sure, man. Yeah, you know, and all these surrounding communities in the north, all these isolated communities, they. Mm-hmm. They really see that and, it, you know, it brings joy to them, brings joy to me, you know, and, uh, you know, I sp- still speak my language fluently and stuff. So when I go back, they're happy to speak with me. And Amazing. for me, that's, I'm very grateful, you know, obviously for Shores and being, having being able to be, I guess, sort of a role model, sort of say for some of these kids. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I give back as much as I can or the best way I can through what we do with this charity. So.
1: A goodie. He's a good one. He's a
4: good, good man.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, But giving back is a big theme for him, and uh, and I, I believe, yeah, it was the, like your reason for picking this uh, this clip, right? Was was the idea of giving back those those who are trailing blazing the trail for uh, future Indigenous actors. It's important that they also open the doors for those actors, but also give back to their communities.
4: Oh, a hundred percent. And like I said, I really admire. The fact that he is so active with his charity and he's so active in helping um, the Indigenous youth reach their full potential. And I remember him saying how, you know, they keep in contact with the the kids that they they help. And then, you know, maybe one day they're able to set them up with a talent scout, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um And just allowing them to be successful because sometimes it does feel a little bit like things are stacked against our people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right after the season two of Shorzy was shot, uh, they they were showing us videos on on his IG anyway of him and Dolo going up to what is it? Northern Saskatchewan to uh, his reserve to to take, I guess, hockey equipment to them. And then we just uh, interviewed who was a Blair who said that she's headed out to PEI, PEI, yeah, for again Andrew's charity to to help him with the, you know giving back there. So yeah, he's he's uh, walking the walk. He's not just talking the talk.
4: Absolutely, and mm-hmm. that's exactly. Not that I want to say there's an obligation there, because um, nobody's ever obligated to do anything. But yeah. he's walking the good path.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's
4: walking in beauty way
1: amazing. All right, one last clip here uh, unless uh and then we'll we'll get to to closing comments here.
8: It makes me think about what acting is. And when I break that down for myself, what I come to is storytelling.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: It's um exploration of humanity, what our relationships mean, um and who we are just as humans. I think about when that first entered into into a value system or a communication system and how that is embedded in my life. And I, I really think on sort of a spiritual and cultural level, it's in my blood.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: My ancestors from Claytely and also my Kanaka Mali ancestors from Hawaii, um, we had no written languages. Right. Pre-contact. And so everything, history, traditions, language, um, all of our knowledge was passed down through storytelling, through dance, through chant. And so there is definitely a a really deep connection to storytelling in sort of an innate way of being that is um, that's really special to me and that I, and that I feel really honored to be to be doing as a career as a passion as um, this contemporary form um in honor of my ancestors and everyone who came before me so I think in a really like deeply spiritual sense it, it's always a part of me and a part of who I come from and then if I'm talking about a more sort of technical um, Physical breakdown of of life and Kalani and what the pathway was with that it definitely came into my lap like it was a more of a thing that found me wasn't ever searching for it and to be real with you guys I never knew that I could that I could play in this world Hmm. when I was growing up there was not a whole lot of representation if any that I saw of people who looked like me of indigenous women of of mixed race women. playing any roles at all I think it really limited my awareness of of how to be included in that space Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so there you go storytelling
4: isn't that a beautiful kind of I I think you said that was the last clip Mm -hmm. isn't that the most perfect way to sum up this I guess roundhouse tonight is the fact that acting and entertainment is storytelling and it lets us fulfill what's in our blood and, uh, our, again, not an obligation, but our purpose by our ancestors.
1: I, I feel like there's a pattern here and I, 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 hate to, I don't want to make this a false equivalency. I just, I feel like there's a pattern. What is it about being part of a people who the world is trying to, or tried to eradicate becoming such strong storytellers, because I, I look at indigenous people as storytellers, but I look at, you know, Jewish people, you know, what they went through and yes. how how much the how good they are at the storytelling. Right. And I feel like there, there must be a relation there between. And again, it's probably just it was the only way to preserve their history moving forward. Right. Because when when their history is being destroyed, you have to f- figure out different ways to to preserve that history through song, through story, through uh, acting through art, right um, so uh, I guess from from all the ugliness comes comes beauty sometimes, right but uh, it's uh I feel like there's there's a definitely a, a bit of a a pattern there.
4: Well, you said that it was a false equivalency, but it's not at all. I see it absolutely. Mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right that um I do believe it is a way for us to teach and learn and share. And if we're able to tell stories, whether it be verbally, whether it be through song, whether it be through um, actual writing, dance, um, anything like that, it's a way that um, we can be incredibly potent and continue to share our stories with the seven generations that come after us, and they can share, and they can share, you know, into infinity. And it's also a way that we are incredibly badass and dangerous <laughs> because, I mean, we've had songs and dances that have been outlawed right. because not so much anymore, but back yeah. in the day, uh, there were certain songs and dances that were outlawed because of the inherent power that it, it had. And like, I don't want to speak to other marginalized Uh, groups because they have their own history and they have their own reasons for doing what they do. But I, I do think that there's something in the human spirit and in the human nature that wants us to thrive and wants us to share our lineage, our learnings and our stories. And if we aren't able to do it by having books and rich culture and stuff, and it's been destroyed, the best way we can do it is by building community by sitting around a fire or being in a dance circle mm-hmm. and trusting and sharing
1: yeah well put thank you so much cassie great job tonight uh, we really appreciate you coming out uh, we'll we'll go around the horn uh, with some final thoughts matt
2: um yeah th- there's not much to say to be honest uh thank you um i it, it's Maybe I do have a little more to say. (laughs) So I've had, I've been in a few situations where conversations like this were attempted to be had. Right. Um, We've had them at work. We've had them in other social settings where some honest discussion and and, and openness to honest opinion have been attempted, but it never goes well. You know, it it becomes awkward. It becomes people And some right or wrong. People feel forced in these sometimes, thank you for coming on and making this very comfortable and um, welcoming into a discussion like this. Cause it, it, it's very topical these days. It's very important. Um it's so relevant, and and I, and I I appreciate your openness on it all, even with the silly questions about whether I can wear a hat or not. Right? That's not it, silly at no, all. But, silly. I know, but it it feels silly. That's my point, and that's the the weirdest about some of this stuff. But I, I appreciate that that you made it. So I'm like, I can ask this because I'm not. You know, we, we we've all have our bond here, um, and but it needs more spaces like this where people can talk openly about whatever and ask questions that may feel silly. Even though they're not silly, I, I get it. I get it. But you know what I mean, right? It's like, it, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. You 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 represented this this episode and this topic better than I could have ever imagined, and and I'm so thankful for for being here for you for being here with us tonight. So thank, thank you. Thank you
4: so much. Yeah.
1: I, I agree with Matt. I say thing I'm going to say miigwech. Uh, for, ah, yes. for all the work you put into this episode, uh, and for allowing us to have this episode, because this isn't something we could have done. Uh, no. we, we needed to have you here, uh, to, to represent and to answer these our our, our inane questions and, and to, to be the sounding board to, to be, you know, your audience so that you can tell your story. Uh, and your story is one of you're still exploring as well. Uh, in the live stream, people are saying how, they love how you're learning through teaching right now. And it's the best way to learn, right? So you're teaching Absolutely. us, uh, and we're, and, and, you know, and we're, we're definitely, you know, <laughs> uh, app pupils here. We, we want to learn. We're, we're sponges and, and hopefully, uh, the people listening to this episode uh, agree and appreciate, uh, I'll tell you now, I love that we did this because now I can put this episode uh, on a yearly rotation on this day, every year, it's going to come out on the same day to remind people, because I think this is a good timestamp and it's a good, good reminder every year to have, um, that this, this is an important conversation. These are important things to to learn about. So miigwech, thank you. Uh, and, uh, Victor, you're next.
3: So. We've, we've come a long way. Um, it was year 2000. I believe the New Jersey Devils just won a Stanley Cup. Oh,
4: Cass- Everybody got their bingo cards. Uh,
3: Cassie, you may or may not have been born yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a
4: 90, 1989 <laughs> baby. I old. All
3: right. All right. Um, well, you don't look it. Um, and, and, you know, I had just started my uh, uh, a job. Uh, with with a tele telecommunic a very large telecommunications company in Canada and it, it was just coincidentally uh, that it happened that the week that I started they were decided to get everybody off of their cubicles into a big into a big uh, conference uh, actually they 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 they, they they re- redecorated an entire floor, if you can imagine. It wasn't a conference room. It was a floor. And they decided to make it look like a camp. Oh. And, and oh, everybody was going to be off for an entire week on that floor. So they're not giving people a vacation. It's You're going to be going to that floor every day. And what do they call it? They called it Camp Cochumy. Oh boy! Oh, and no, they did. They did. They did. And <laughs> and so if you say it slow, it sounds like ten inch. Uh, it sounds like,
5: uh, <laughs> well played.
4: <laughs> well done. Oh right? man!
3: But they they used indigenous font. They used indigenous logos. They totally did the whole uh, mat thing where they made the different sections of the of of the floor mm-hmm. with the various play on word indigenous totally made a mockery of the whole thing. Oh and this and is for adults had, this
1: isn't even kids this is adults.
3: No it gets worse. Oh, so they sucks. have teepees they, they had the whole thing. Oh man uh the worst part about this Cassie <laughs> mm-hmm. this was this was led by our HR department. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh <laughs> so Ouch. so anyway and it was all for the, the the whole thing was just like a big team building uh thing where you know you're learning mm-hmm your various you're you're learning your letters you're learning your colors you're learning they did the whole Seattle fish market thing for those that know that whole corporate nonsense um you, you they did the whole um uh uh Myers-Briggs thing where you you got to know who you're called co- but they 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 totally so you know when Matt asked about the you know is it okay it's it's okay if you're doing it out of respect it's okay if you're doing it uh, start trying to support community that make makes the hats or the clothing, but when you're doing it in a mockery way, it's never okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 this was this was this wasn't for the purpose of mocking indigenous people, but but it, they totally misappropriate <laughs> this. This was everything that is how not to do things, right. right? So so this was the year 2000, and you know, and now we're you know uh, we're having this authentic discussion um and we're still that's what and you know al says every year we'll put this up because you you can't stop educating you can't stop educating these were adults these weren't kids (laughs) these were adults doing this they should have known better and they didn't and that's why this is so important and so thank you You've given a gift that will continue to keep on giving every year. Uh, And, you know, and we can kind of come back and do this again, too, and get a refresher on it as well. But you were so incredible. You were so authentic, uh, so eloquent uh, and so powerful, like uh, Tanya said. So thank you for that.
4: Yeah, Victor.
3: Uh,
0: So much love to you. Thank you so much for for tonight, for 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 speaking so well. Um, I definitely want to take you up on the offer and I definitely want to come and, and be part of the, the dance circle and, and, and just, just rock it with you, girl. I just can't wait to do that. I, and I, I so look forward to it. Um, so much rock
4: your mom's off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, (laughs) and,
0: And we'll go shopping for a hat for, for, um, For uh, Matt there.
4: (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll have him looking so sick. So deadly. I'm in. I'm there.
0: Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, the, this, this was so well done. Um, you, you did such a great job. I love that uh, Kalani um, came and, and I love that we got to surprise you.
1: That seems like so long ago. now. <laughs> Is it? Was, I was like a, Kalani oh God, was on this episode. <laughs> 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 I'm
4: still recovering from that. Like to meet somebody who inspires you mm-hmm. and like, oh, my
1: God. I'm not going to lie to you, Cassie. I was together. hoping for some tears, but it's OK. I'm, I was I'm, crying. I'm, yeah. I was crying. You, <laughs> you just can't see
4: through my glasses. They a glare on. I, I welled up quite a bit, actually.
0: You did. You did such a great job. You truly did. And uh, and thank you so much. It This this would not have been uh, done. What? Oh, sorry.
1: That, that's the word. Miigwech.
0: Mi- Miigwech. Yeah, that's thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Go ahead, now Cassie. I-
0: um, so
4: when I first started watching Letter Kenny, I was so excited about the Indigenous representation in it. Um, and then, in, you know, as I've rewatched it many, many times, it never stops being exciting to me. Same with Shorzy. Then when I found your show, um, I remember I had uh, made a tweet or I had commented saying on the episode where you had uh, first done the land acknowledgment. Hmm. And how happy it made my heart. How I had chills and I was tearing up at my desk at work. And I knew these are my people. Um, I want to thank everybody. You know, Al, Tanya, Matt, Victor. Thank you so much. I want to thank Trace. He, his poem was yeah. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he's he was one of... The people who really uh, got this idea going, and um, even today, I was like, "Oh, I'm having imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to be talking about this?" And he, you know, talked me through it. He was amazing, and thank you so much to everybody who submitted uh, questions. To Kilani for stopping in and making my whole life complete, and just for the support and for the time and for your listening and understanding. Um, that in and of itself is sacred and beautiful. And thank you for having this space where we can discuss this.
1: Well, but I uh, asked you if there was a song we could play you off with. And, uh, you sent me this one here. It's called sisters by the hallucination. So let's uh, listen to it. And that's all we have for this episode. Next week, Cassie will return along with our buddy, Jeff and maybe Michelle to talk about Jeff's trip up to Sudbury and the Mark forward show they attended in Toronto. You're not going to want to miss this. Don't forget. You can use a promo code produce for 20% off any purchase at diabolicalcoffee.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or become a patron. You can also follow us on most social media outlets at produce pod. Thanks for joining. Now we're off to the after party on behalf of Cassie, Tanya, Matt, Victor, and myself, meigwech for listening and have a great week week.
4: Yeah, we're.